Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 68. My name is Scott Wyden Kivowitz, and today I'm joined by my guest, Latoya Dixon Smith. Now, as a reminder, at the end of the show, Latoya will have an opportunity to ask you a question, and you'll be able to answer that question on the episode show notes page. Now, Latoya Dixon Smith is a wedding and portrait photographer based in Greenville, South Carolina. She has been featured by publications like the Huffington Post, 99U, and a variety of other companies. And along with photographing couples eager to create their own new traditions, Latoya finds her passion in helping photographers and other creatives get a handle on the business stuff. Now, she helps photographers with organizing their business backends and crafting efficient business processes so they can spend more time doing the fun, creative work. And that's actually going to be what we're going to be talking about today. That's why today's episode title is Making Client Onboarding Awesome. Now, uh, as a quick premise, I am getting over a cold, so I'm probably sounding a little nasally. I apologize, but uh, you can't control it. So um, <laughs> welcome to the show, LaToya. I'm happy to have you on. Uh, we've been planning this for a while, so welcome. Hey, thanks, Scott. I'm so excited to be here, and um, no worries on the nasally sounding. I'm a little <laughs> sleep deprived myself, so if I'm a little, you know, a little delayed in my responses, um, just know that there will be a nap after after this show. But I'm excited <laughs> <Nice>. to be here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, now, I, I, you know, one thing that I, I just recently learned about you is that uh, you use both Squarespace and WordPress. I thought that you would just use Squarespace. And that was going to be nice because, you know, a lot of times we have people on the show that only use WordPress. And every so often we get people that do use Squarespace. So it's so, sort of a nice sort of treat to have somebody who isn't using the platform that we talk about so much. And uh, but turns out you do. You've got yeah. multiple sites. <laughs> so um, that's great. You've got multiple perspectives on things. And of course, even though this is the WordPress photography podcast, we don't always just talk about WordPress. We talk about websites and business and marketing in general. So um, before we dig into the conversation topics, I want to talk about a few WordPress photography related pieces of news. The first is Photo Plus Expo happened in New York City. People got their hands on all the new full frame mirrorless cameras, which were announced this summer. And that is exciting. It's a whole uh, it's a whole new world in the photo industry as far as cameras go. And companies like Sony and Panasonic and and uh, Fuji and Olympus, they, they definitely paved the way for mirrorless. And now it's the age of full frame mirrorless for sure. Uh, again, thanks to Sony really on that part for really innovating. So it's really exciting that all this is out there. Uh, no matter what brand you go with, if you're ever switching to, to a full frame mirrorless, there's now something for everybody, which is great. Next is WordPress 5.0 is close to being complete, which means that Gutenberg, the new editor coming to uh, to WordPress, will soon be replacing the visual editor as you know it today. The current aim is November, but I still have doubts uh, that it'll be ready because, well, we're ready here, 
So we'll see what happens. Um, it, you know, it, it's there's still a lot of work to be done. And even after it's in WordPress 5.0 officially and WordPress 5.0 is out, there's still going to be a lot of work to be done on Gutenberg, that, that new editor down the road. And last but not least is the podcast is now on Spotify. So if you prefer listening to podcasts on Spotify, but you have another app or you're listening to our podcast in a different way, good news, you can now subscribe on Spotify. So just do a search for the WordPress Photography Podcast there. Yay, I'm I'm so glad that it's finally uh, available there. <laughs> okay, uh, LaToya, what is going on in your world? What's new? Well, awesome. Well, I wanted to touch really quickly on the fact or the reason why I have both a Squarespace and a WordPress website. <laughs> so I, and I'll talk a little bit more into the, uh, more about this um, as we get into the conversation too, sure. but I am someone who likes to try before I buy. But in this case, I tried both and I still like both for different reasons um, for another. I have my Squarespace website. Uh, I use it for my wedding photography website. And then I use WordPress for, um, my systems for photographers website, um, as well as the queen photographers. And I'll talk a little bit about more of those. Um, but what's going on with me, uh, I recently actually started the systems for photographers community. And as you mentioned, um, my aim is really to help photographers and even other creatives really understand and get a handle on what those processes are that are in their business. Um, a lot of that has to do with what's going on in the back end of their business. And even as we're going to get into the conversation about client onboarding, it includes all of those things. Um, so basically all the things we know we need to do to run our business, to get clients, to bring in clients, but we don't necessarily have a documented process for or we don't think we need one until something goes wrong. And so that's where I come in to help photographers really um, think about it, um, really consider what are some of the options that they have as far as like what the systems are they using, how can they make things more efficient in their business, and to automate as much as possible so that you know, you're spending time doing more of what you like to do. Um, cause a lot of photographers, you know, they gripe about the amount of time we spend in editing or answering emails or trying to hunt down clients and get invoices paid and all those sort of, sort of things. Um, so yeah, that's really what I've been up to lately as well as, um, my, my family and I, we are expecting, uh, a new little one. Um, and I am due December 25th. So we're, um, that's on our big to-do list too, to prepare for a new family member coming into town, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I, I said that before, but congratulations again. Thank you. Um, yeah, that, that's so great to hear. Um, okay. So, so let's dive in a little bit. Um, what exactly is client onboarding in your, in your own words? I believe client onboarding is the process and even the the timeline of uh, educating your client on what your brand is, what their experience should be like, and anything that they need to know to have an enjoyable, pleasant experience doing business with you and getting the result that they they really want. Um, especially for photographers, you know, I always stress the fact that 
you know, we're not, we're not just in the business of delivering pictures. We're not just in the business of taking pictures. And so the client onboarding process is really key and really instrumental in not only really grabbing those prospective clients and turning them into booked and paid clients, um, but how are we enhancing that experience so that one, we're differentiating ourselves um, from, you know, the next photographer in our area, but also so that they feel they, they have the trust um, in us as a business owner to continue to do business with us, even after the current project that we're probably onboarding them for is um, when that's over. So yeah, it's, Definitely, you know, educating them, informing them and just answering, you know, any questions even before they ask the questions um, mm-hmm. so that they can uh, feel really comfortable um, that they're in the right place. And would you say that client onboarding starts from the moment of lead capture or is it the moment of booking? I would say it definitely starts even before the lead capture. You know, we um, we talk about marketing and how important that is. It's, you know, communicating what your, you know, what differentiates you from the next photographer in town who does, you know, uh, how, how am I different from the other photographers in Greenville, South Carolina, the other wedding photographers in Greenville, South Carolina, you're doing things like qualifying your clients, uh, prospective clients beforehand so that one, you know, they are aware of your style. They are aware of, you know, how to actually, you know, reach out to you. They're aware of, um, you know, uh, even things like, you know, how much, how much, uh, your services are. So those are little things, um, that the client will want to know the information, the bits and pieces of knowledge that they'll need to know before you even want to get them in your pipeline, so to speak, um, for onboarding. And you can do this, you know, several ways. Of course, you know, the lead capture form is a great way to, to do that. So you can capture a lot of information because once you find out, you know, those, those little quirks and things about your, your clients or your prospective clients, um, maybe you have those questions asked even beyond just the general, what's your name, what's your, you know, email. Um, but especially for, uh, uh, a wedding photographer, everything is really relational. And so mm-hmm. I need to know a lot more information than just what's your budget, where's your wedding and all those sort of things in order for my client onboarding experience to be top notch. Um, and we, we talked about, does, does it start with, with the lead capture? No, again, I said, you know, with, with all the materials that you have out there, um, anywhere that you show up that you're present um, online or even in person at networking events, how you show up, it even just starts there with you being really cognizant and observant of um, the people who you make that contact with and who may potentially uh, uh, be coming into your um, arena of, of possibly doing business with you. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a wedding photographer and you're going to a uh, like a bridal show, whatever, you don't want to show up in you know ripped jeans and a in a t shirt. You know, you want to you want to dress for the part because that already sets your persona um, for what what people will, will expect. And you may not get venues recommending you if that's how you're going to dress to their weddings. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, um, uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is 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 the even the idea of um, the photographers who record videos of themselves to communicate with their audience on social media, even ahead of lead capture, uh, people who 
who show how personal they are in video form so somebody can actually see you and relate to you face to face uh is is a big part of this as well like if if that's your brand of course um right if, if you're not as extroverted then it may be more difficult for you to do it but um depending on what type of photography you do you may need to step out of your out of your uh, normal limits <laughs> yeah and i would say i i am uh my friends would call me an introverted extrovert. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I do lean on the introverted side, but I would say one of the, one of the tools that I've, I've leveraged um, the most in my marketing is social media and, and Instagram to be exact. Um, I get a lot of engagement on my Instagram stories and my Instagram live videos um, because I'm able to speak to my audience. Um, they know some of the things that I'm really interested in. They know that I talk about gratitude and being very present and open, having you know very open lines of communication with your spouse or your partner, um, those sort of things. So that someone who is not really interested in that, they can unfollow or you know they can say, oh, well, you know, that's nice, but she, she's probably not for us or the person who really, um, that's, that's a part of the values that they have or some of the practices that they have. Um, they see that they see that not only do they see it because I talk about it, um, but, or on my, on my posts, in my posts, but they also hear me talking about it. Um, and I'm able to show up and be present, um, there as well. Yeah. And, and, um, Another thing is is going back to the lead capture thing is some small things that might um, make a big impact that are subtle are lead capture forms where if you are uh, trying to get you know the the bride's name the groom's name um, and and all these different things like where the venue might be and what the date might be and and all that stuff there's way that there's ways that you can um bring it, uh, relate it more to your brand and your persona by changing the wording in the forms. So instead Absolutely. of just saying first name, last name, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, tell me more about yourself. Tell me what your, tell me what your first name is, it, which is more taught, you know, it's more conversational, just even in just text. Um, exactly. Yeah. So you can change the forms, the descriptions of each field, the send button doesn't have to be send or submit. It could be something more conversational as well um again depending on your brand and your persona how you talk uh all these little things just add up so it does and one of the things that i have um on, on my lead capture form is um over the past year or so i've um been more intentional to be more inclusive to uh especially the LGBT community. And um, I have on my form where I don't ask for a bride or groom, but um, partner A or partner B. And then I ask them or I ask about pro, um, pronouns and things like that because I, I do want to be cognizant of the, the folks that I really want to engage with me. And I want them to feel to know because otherwise, you know, if that's not something that you really are aware of that, you know, those things really matter. And it's taken, you know, some education um, on my part to um, really reach out and see, you know, how can, how can I make this experience better? Those, what you talked about and being more conversational as well as, you know, asking the questions for someone who 
would be the right fit. They know why I'm asking that question. It's because I am more inclusive to um, these these clients. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. It's nice that you're doing that. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about services. There's a lot of um, software as a service companies in the photo industry that offer CRM type things like the the customer relationship management. There's there's things like HoneyBook and ShootCue and uh, I think even uh, Zen uh, what is it ShootProof even does some of that and um, Sprout Studio and and there's so many. But are there any that you that you have used or do use or have researched that offer services features that are specific for client onboarding that you just are head over heels uh, for? Yes. So I, a few years ago, I actually started with um, a CRM tool called 17 Hats. Um, mm-hmm. It was highly recommended, I think, by some other photographers uh, that I I knew. Um, and I used it for a while. Um, it, you know, it, it did the job. Um, but I also, at the same time, I was hearing a lot more people talking about this new kid on the block called Dubsado, um, and I decided to check it out. Um, Dubsado is actually the CRM that I use now. Um, and I, what I liked about it was that my the first three uh, clients that you have in the system, it's, it's a, the free trial. The free trial is for the first three clients that you have, and then beyond that, it's, um, it's paid. And so uh, once I tried out Dubsado, I really loved it because it seemed a lot more customizable. I'm not a, a designer by any means, but there is a lot more flexibility in the branding element. At least it was at the time when I was switching. There probably have been some some changes since then. At least I would hope so. Um, but I love I love the the custom the customizable um, aspect of Dubsado as well as the user friendliness. It just seemed a lot more modern and a lot more. I don't know. It just spoke to me. Um, but I definitely do use Upsado in my client onboarding experience. Um, of course, you know, in my lead capture forms, um, I have uh, workflow set up in Dubsado. So once a, cli- a prospective client reaches out, you know, they get an automated email um, telling them about the next steps that they can take to uh, contact me a little bit more about the brand. And then even after um, we have, I have a consultation with the client, um, they receive a client welcome guide after they've booked. So all of those things I really leveraged Dubsado for. Um, the workflows have been phenomenal and have been a lifesaver for me um, because I am not someone who, I, I do not have the best memory in the world. And that's what I tell photographers all the time. It's like, don't rely on your memory. You are not as good <laughs> at memorizing things as you think you are. And that's really not a good way to run your business on your on your own memory anyway. So leverage the tools that are in front of you. But I will say that I can highly speak of Dubsado um, and I know that there are plenty other tools out there that I'm actually, you know, in the process of um, doing some more research on because I do have clients who use other tools um, because with systems for photographers, it's not necessarily that I'm, um, uh, although I do promote Dubsado, I really want them to learn the process. And there is no CRM tool that will help you if you don't know what your process is before you get started. You'll just have a, a tool that, you know, there's lots, all these nice, cool, fancy features, and you don't really know how to leverage them because you don't have a process at all. 
Yeah, yeah. That's you know I've seen Dubs Auto. I've never used it, um, but uh, I'm intrigued. So I, I might have to. I might have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, what yeah. I sorry, what I love about uh, Dubsado too is that um, they have this is all part of their brand as well. But their team is just super responsive. They're super relatable and personable. Um, and I think too, that's that's kind of what won me over. Anytime that I had a question or or a concern or something, they were very responsive. Um, and you could tell that they made it their duty to to personally make sure that you're taken care of. And I think that stands um, to this day, uh, anytime that, you know, there are new requests for feature, new features or anything, or um, any, you know, technical issues, they are very, they're super responsive. Like, I don't know how, fa- I don't know how they, they do it so fast, but they have a, a wonderful team and their systems are on point. <laughs> That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. Um, so when you're do when you're in the middle of uh, nurturing your lead and you're now or even you've you've booked the lead the lead's now a booked client you're preparing for the session are you are you doing anything on a regular basis besides from the workflow um, anything that's manual to to further engage with your client that um, things like like Instagram stories, but sort of doing a more direct to a, a, a new client versus just to everybody? Um, I would say most of it is is offline and directly mm-hmm. to the client. So, you know, things like sending client welcome gifts. Um, like recently I just had an anniversary session and, you know, because I had spoken with the client beforehand, um, asked a few questions, I knew a lot about their story. And so I got them gifts that were really specific to their unique personalities, things that they liked. Um, so a lot of it is offline. Sometimes I will share that, you know, um, especially for like a wedding client, if I've done their engagement session, we'll use Instagram stories and things like that to just kind of get them a little hyped up and excited about the upcoming day. Um, because people like to, to, um, be celebrated, uh, and especially in the wedding photography industry, that's, that's what we do. We celebrate, we share in, you know, these joyous moments. And so those little things are definitely something that I try to, do to enhance the the experience um, as we lead up to what the session or or the yeah. event. You know, it's it's funny when when uh, when I do cake smash sessions um, for one year olds. <laughs> uh, depending on whatever the theme is for the session, so for example, uh, one that's a baseball themes. I would actually go out and buy a prop or two that work well in the in the in the set beyond what the parents are, are buying for the set, and I will actually make sure that at least one of the props that I get could actually be a gift for the client, the yeah. the one year old. So so a little wiffle ball bat can actually go a long way and make the parents <laughs> happy, and now the child has this fun toy that they can play with. Uh, but also it's used in this, in the, in this, in the actual photography that I was hired to do, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, those, those little things, uh, are really impactful. Uh, if you personalize a client gift, whether it's before or after a session, it makes a big impact or even during. For sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, uh, 
we've talked a, a bunch about different parts of of the onboarding process, but what are um or uh, different things that make up an onboarding process? But what are some important items that you should include in pretty much every onboarding process, uh, no matter what? Yeah, I would say definitely reiterate what the process is. Um, I always try to at least express a thought or idea three times um, to over communicate what that is because it just uh, when someone feels like they they are in the know and that you know there is a solidified process they feel more comfortable they feel more confident so whether that's you know you verbally communicating what that is okay this is you know, two weeks before the session, we're going to do this. Um, the night before the session, you know, just prepare by doing this. Uh, here's what's going to happen at the session. And then here's when you can expect your photos, things like that. Just reiterating what the process is so that they um, don't have to come back and ask you, hey, when are when am I getting my photos? You know, things like that. Um, uh, also, just also, uh, I mentioned education. Education is huge. Um, and what I mean by that is like using and leveraging the content that you have, whether it's blog posts, whether you have videos somewhere, um, even like Pinterest boards, uh, to educate your client on things that they can be doing to prepare or frequently asked questions that they may have, um, or frequently asked questions that you've gotten before that they may not have asked yet, but you know, it could be something that they could potentially ask, um, so I have blog posts on these different things, like what to do to prepare for your session, mm-hmm. um, different places in town that, you know, um, or common places in town to take an engagement session, um, just things like that, how to get more comfortable in front of the camera, because a lot of people, you know, when they, <laughs> especially if it's their first time doing a professional photography session, they're going to be a little bit nervous. So you give them a little bit of education up front, you reiterate to them that, hey, you know, everything's going to be great. There's no need to to be apprehensive. Uh, I'll take care of you. But it's also good for them to read something in print of, and, and have them and give them something tangible that they can uh, see or, or do to prepare, um, to calm their nerves a little bit and say, okay, you know, this is normal. You're not, you're not, yeah. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with you because you're nervous about this. Um, uh, but there are things that we can do to kind of help you. So just the education piece is huge for me. Um, you know, on, on then, that, I, on that, uh, sorry, I, I, I think one thing that, uh, I want to, I want to make sure that people understand is if you create this blog content, uh, that you're now emailing to your, you know, leads and your clients during this process. There's no reason why you can't take that blog post and also convert it to a PDF and email them the PDF and basically give them the ability to go to the blog post, but at the same time, download the PDF and print it out. So that, that way they have the best of both worlds, whether they want to print it or just read it uh, on on your website. Um, that's just... It's a, it, that's a benefit for, for the people. And it'll, again, this, it's not only giving them education, but you're making it easy for them, which helps the onboarding process. Exactly. And like you said, you know, um, having it uh, located in multiple places, um, it's just another point of reiteration of, of what that, what that content is so that they see that it's, you know, it's located in these different places if they need to go back and reference it. It's something that you can put in your onboarding um, materials as well as reiterate it in a follow-up email or 
um, just sharing what those links are, those quick links that they can uh, review before a session or what like, or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share on that uh, before we move on? No, those two things are, are probably my biggest, um, making sure that expectations are uh, communicated, um, agreed upon and, uh, reinforced because there's mm-hmm. nothing like, you know, I guess it's because I've had, you know, it's experiences in the past where clients were like, wait, I didn't know, I didn't know about that. And for me as a business owner, I don't know, that makes me feel like I didn't do my job. <laughs> well, and then there's some cases where people really just don't read, but you do as much as you can, especially in that onboarding experience so that, you know, you you do your best to really address all those things beforehand, um, whether it's in the reiteration of the process or in the uh, reiteration of the educational tools that you have available for them to utilize. Yeah. And, you know, um, before we move on, I just want to build on that for a second about the not everybody will read, right? And it's very, 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 very true <laughs> that people will just see the email and be like, okay, it's just another email. But if you take that content that you're already giving them and you take an hour out of your day and you record and edit a video of you talking to a camera, a quality video, and you're basically restating what you're telling them anyway again not creating new you know content that you're have to think of what to say or or whatnot you're just recording yourself restating what you've already put into words now they don't have to read an email or not read an email now they can click on an image that will bring them to a video that is telling them the same exact thing and they're seeing your face hearing you talk and they're connecting with you more um, and that, again, uh, just like you, LaToya, I, I consider myself an ambivert. So uh, it does, you know, I'm on video all the time. So that is me going to that extroverted side. But for the most part, I'm an introvert. And um, you just got to do it. And, and that's yeah. a great way to connect <laughs> with, your, with, your, with your people. <laughs> yeah. And you just uh, brought something up. Um, there's a tool that I use to do exactly that. It's called Bonjoro. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know, Bonjoro. So for those yeah. of uh, you listening who don't know what Bonjoro is, um, essentially you can send video messages um, to your clients um, via email. Um, I think you can send them via text too, but I usually send them via email as well. Again, you know, just before a session, I'll just send a quick video, say, Hey, so-and-so I'm really excited about your session. Um, this is where we're meeting. This is the time we're meeting. Um, just wanted to drop in to say, Hey, and just remind you or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an awesome tool and it, it really works, <laughs> um, for the engagement. Um, and just, if you have to send like quick reminders, uh, that you want to make a lot more personal than just an email, um, I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we actually had a whole episode on basically adding video to your, you know, um, client interaction. So I will nice. be sure to, to link to that episode as well for anybody who wants to listen. I don't remember what number it is offhand, but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so uh, next part of the show is any WordPress theme or plugin that you recommend for the listeners to check out. Yes. Yeah, so I, 
for the two WordPress websites that I have, um, almost as a default, I will download um, Yoast SEO. And I am not a WordPress guru. I'm not an SEO guru. But I have found it to be, you know, quite helpful in even just the limited understanding of, okay, I need to have these keywords. I need to make sure that my post, um, you know, has uh, satisfies at a minimum, at a bare minimum, these different criteria um, so that it has a better chance of, of surviving um, on Google and, and the, the SEO uh, algorithms that they have. Um, so that that's the only, I guess that's the only one uh, tool or plugin that I really make sure that I have and that I use anytime I'm creating like a new post or anything. Awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think uh, Yoast SEO is probably the most popular plugin that's been recommended by our guests. And okay. that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's for a good reason. It, it's, you know, obviously very powerful. So, uh, and very useful. Okay, so now is an opportunity, LaToya, for you to ask our listeners a question. And whenever you're ready, go for it. Okay, listeners, um, I want to know what's been your worst client experience, whether it was uh, something that you um, had a shortcoming over or there's just a a really uh, horrific experience that you've had with a client. I want to know what that is. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. If you want to answer LaToya's question, you can go to the show notes, which oh, you'll have a link uh, in a minute. You can go to the show notes or you can go to the YouTube channel and comment on either of those two places uh, with the your answer. And we will be sure that LaToya sees your answer. Okay. So thank you so much, LaToya, for joining us today. Very happy that you were on the show. Um, thank you. You can find the show notes and where to find LaToya and to answer her question at imagely.com slash podcast slash 68. Now, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.